0: about that. Um, does that sound good? Just kidding. Um, we won't do that. Um, we'll talk about something else. About but we thought that um, this is like um, there's probably a bunch of entrepreneurs here um, and we've we've been doing SoundCloud for almost three years now. Uh, we've made so many mistakes along the way um, that hopefully we can talk a little bit about how to not make those mistakes. But we want to do this kind of like a game show. So... So! Okay. Alright. So, welcome to the Cloud Show. Um, it will work like this. We will do five minutes each on different topics suggested by you, a dear audience. You will take out your phones and you will tweet stuff to this hashtag. And we will check the topics live and we will talk about them and see how it goes. Four minutes each. Okay, four minutes for each one. So while we gather some topics, um, Senor Eric, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Sure. So just for the, for the record, use this hashtag and tweet away your themes and direct questions to us starting now. Um, I am Eric, I'm one of two co founders, this is the other co founder um, of a company called SoundCloud. It's a web platform. Um, Alex will talk a bit about that. Um, we came here to Berlin in 2007 and set up shop, started really small, and by now we're about 60 people. Um, so Alex, do you wanna...
0: Okay, um, so yeah, my name is Alex. Um, so SoundCloud, how many have heard about SoundCloud before? Okay, cool. Um, so SoundCloud, like the simplest version to think about it, just to get a little bit of, of context, is We're trying to build something that is similar to what what Flickr is for photos. Um, Basically a large scale scale platform for people to be able to publish sounds that they create and be social around them. So there's soundcloud.com which is a site where people and creators are social around their sounds. And then there's also a lot of different things happening outside of the site. So we have a platform with open APIs, about 140 apps built around the platform. And it also integrates with stuff like Facebook and uh, Twitter and WordPress and things like that. So, the idea is, you have a sound, it could be talk, it could be music, it could be whatever kind of sound. Uh, you put that on SoundCloud and then from there you can have social interactions with people across the web. Um, so that's kind of what we do. We're Maybe we say we're about the company is about 45 people now. Um, we group with interns and freelancers. It's more like 60, and all the offices. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we have. We're mainly in Berlin. We have a small office in London. A small office in San Francisco. We have about three, three, three and a half million artists, record labels, sound creators, sound creators, uh crazy people doing stuff with sound um, on the site. Um, and yeah, it's growing really fast. So we get to deal with all kinds of fun, all kind of fun stuff. So. Let's get the Cloud Show rolling. Um, I, have, I have a question or a topic for you, Eric, which we, you will have four minutes to answer, and then the buzzer will ring, um, and that will be that. So, how to build a product people love? Talk about that.
1: Okay, uh, this is <coughs> it's actually, okay. It's, it's, it's actually easy. I know this stuff. I should be able to talk about that. So, the thing is, I think the first thing you need to, to do, if you're going to build a, pro- a product that people love, you have to love it yourself. I think that's one of the key things. You have to actually be really passionate about your whole product. The absolute best case scenario is you have two co-founders, namely, for example, in the case of us, we actually had to deal a lot with audio and sound in our previous lives. We're still dealing with audio and sound. We're actually remixing 50 Cent uh, today. Um, so, in order to, I mean, for SoundCloud to be born and to for us to have enough love for it, there was also frustration. So. There were, it, it came out of a lot of frustration with other products, shitty products and sites for creators of audio out there um, stuff like MySpace and you Send It, really crap services where people are trying to che- sell cheap advertising and actually not care about what people want to achieve and do with these things. Um, here's somebody who wants to get into this talk I think. Um, so um, so we, with that as kind of the backdrop um, in, in the case of SoundCloud we basically Set out to do something that we would would really really like to work with, and so we had a couple of um, sort of iconic sites that we were looking at from the start. And I mean, t- to be honest, there is a lot of copying going on as well in the in the web industry. So, so we are I mean we take pride in stealing the best of the best and just sort of putting those together in one big mix and adapting them for our needs. So, so that, that, I would say, is, is a really important thing as well with, with the web. I mean, the fact that it's just evolving so quickly and sort of the, the best practices around things evolve really quickly. It's, it's important to stay, stay sort of on the pulse and, um, and really try to get things right. Um, to, make, to make a product that people really love, you basically have to find those people. And then iterate together with them. So ideally, you want to uh, uh, create a community um, where sort of the crowd or the the, the, the people that you're working for uh, engages with you. So you, you, you're going to have to basically have an ongoing dialogue 24/7 with these people. Um, I think with, in the case of SoundCloud, we were all doing support at the start. So we were all uh, from the very first private beta, uh, we had a big sort of. Um, support window that you could pop open, or a feedback window, you could pop open that and then type feedback right in the box, and then go, um, actually today a lot of sites have that, but at the time when we were doing it, we were, we were one of few companies who were that sort of open and that transparent, um, in the meantime there is even, some people ended up stealing the little feedback button we had as
0: well, which oh, yeah. was a nice compliment.
1: They even stole actually the actual graphics of that box and put it like in the same way in the corner. And that's that's the best compliment you can get. That's actually love. Anyways, Um, so, like, by having that feedback loop going, sort of from the very start, and you're actually trying to understand these users, sometimes we actually had a a phone number as well that was listed on the website. So from the very, very start, throughout the day, at various times, we got interrupted by random people from the world uh, trying to use Outloud. And whenever the site was down, the telephone started ringing and so on. It was really, uh, really actually great to have that sort of ongoing dialogue. Emerging from that, you get sort of a set of power users that you have in deeper conversations with. Like 90% of the users um, actually don't know what the solution to their problem is. So basically you have to to sort of interpret what they're saying and turn it into something that hopefully they will love at some point. so yeah, and th- and then another thing is, of course, I mean this is all like cliché stuff that I'm going to just tell you now. But I mean, for example, thirty-seven signals is, is this uh, one consulting company out of Chicago. They're making a, a suite of tools, based on it and stuff like that. Oh, really. Just end. the time is up, Mister. Okay. <laughs> That's all you can say. Okay. So do you have any sort of wrap, wrapping up comments on that, or? Um.
0: Yeah. To try and summarize it a little bit, I think, Bill, I'm. I got that your main point is basically that from trying to build a great product is really about doing it with, together with the audience, so um, having a lot of your own ideas about how you should build it but engage a lot of the users very quickly, get them in there so you can get their feedback and work together with them.
1: If you're not talking to users, you're going to fail. That's yeah, okay. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I got something for you, Alex. Um, what you got? What's the main reason why there are so few internationally noticed startups from Germany? Well, there's lots of famous ones, but they just get famous for like cloning
0: stuff, right? <laughs> so, um, true that. True that. Um, that's a good question. I think like so. The the cloning thing, like that was unfortunately something that 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 Germany got quite famous for because it was very consistent. You know, everybody did the took the same formula, right? You have something that works, you clone it into a local version, and a lot of them were very successful. I mean, German-speaking markets is, are very, very large markets. So a lot of those companies were very successful and that you know, it was a, it was a repeat behavior, so it's very easy for like press in the US or, or somebody else to pick up on it and, um, and talk about it. So I would say that German Internet companies are fairly famous, but for that, um, for that reason, I was going to say wrong reason, but it's not wrong. It's just maybe not so interesting. But you have to be opinionated about st- these things. I mean, what, what 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 do I think about it? I agree. I think, but I think that there there should be like there should be respect for people that do it because it's like it is. A lot of them build valuable services that people really like. Um, but for me personally, I'm not very interested in spending my time building something that somebody else already build, built and just cloning it right away. Um, so, but I think what's kind of happening now, though, is that there is um, there is sort of this this wave of a lot of other companies getting noticed that are much more innovative or that try to build their own thing. Um, I have the feeling, just personally, that over the, the three three and a half years that 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 we've lived here, that. I run into much fewer companies that are just clones um, in Berlin. Uh, we run into companies that are actually really interesting and are trying to do big global things. Um, so, and I think people are starting to pick up on that because Berlin is really now becoming this, this sort of uh, known place for startups. Um, even if, you, um, if, if, in, if you're in the US, I, t- I try to spend about half of my time in San Francisco at the moment and there people are really keen on what's happening in Berlin. Um, it's not so much talk about Germany in general, but it's very much talk about Berlin. Um, it seems to be like London and Berlin are, are, are the two things. But, so, so it's coming, but the, so back to the question of why there aren't more, or why people aren't you know, even more known. I think that one very, very simple part of it is that people build more local things here that are in German. And if you do that, that's not going to get noticed by people outside of Germany. Mainly because they just don't understand what the hell it's about. They'll go to the site and they don't understand anything. So, the more startups we have in <coughs> Berlin, um, I would say Berlin specifically because it's good to have everything concentrated, that have global ambitions and that are you know, doing sites for a global audience, um, the more of those we have, the better, because then we have a chance of actually being much more noticed um, worldwide. One, one thing which is also cool is that over the last, say, six months, uh, six or 12 months, there's been a couple of Berlin-based startups that have got, um, gotten serious funding from some like top-tier VCs. Um, and that's a really, really good thing. Like A lot of the top-tier VCs in the Valley won't invest outside of the Valley, but there's a couple of different startups here that have managed to attract funding from them anyway. And that's really like, a sort of kind of a stamp of approval from the the Valley community so um that Don't shows those startups so um so we got some funding um and so research gate as well here uh, are backed by um excel. benchmark actually excel. excel as well okay but benchmark and that's matt Kohler, he used to be the guy at facebook who's a super super cool guy so yeah, here's also voga but now yeah
1: time out so okay, to, to wrap that up, yeah. I mean, it's really about. I think uh, you can basically choose those two paths: either you try and really go and innovate, or you try and innovate on just one level, which is, you know, could be the market, could be the specific approach, could be the vertical that you're, you know, that you're in. Maybe copy copying another vertical. So I mean, we're always stealing things. I mean, I said <laughs> in the previous, uh, the, the previous topic that that take pride in stealing the best but still, only the best, and am we to weed out the shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> having,
0: I'm having internet failures here. Oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, we need to get a topic.
1: By the way, feel free to shoot more questions. I think, really, you know, it doesn't have to be a specific question. You can just tweet one word. You know, just a topic. something. A topic. A to, topic to inspire us to actually talk about. Yes. So this, okay. this is... Oh, a cool. So... Uh,
0: Okay, cool. So this is good. Um,
1: how do you actually reach your first users? Ooh, okay. Um, that? OK. Hmm. That is different depending on what you're trying to do. But the thing is, again, I mean, I, I, with the risk of repeating myself, the good thing about when we started was that we were users ourselves. So basically throughout our private networks, uh, you know, we, could, we could sort of artificially try and put more emphasis on that private network of people that we already knew and sort of expand from there and make, it, make that sort of emphasis of our life. So basically building the, the network out of who you are yourself and try to expand from there. Like In a sense, that's the most truest way of doing things, but it's also the simplest way. Like it's almost cheating because I mean the, the, the real the real difficulty is of course if you're different if you're you're not thinking like your users if you're not um, you know you, you don't actually know exactly what the, what the target market is going to be or what the target user base is going to be um, it's of course much much trickier than actually if you're, you're kind of thinking and working in that way uh, by default kind of so so I mean how to do that. I can just a few random thoughts that come to my mind. Basically, one thing that we that we have done um, recently we did it recently at a very large scale, which was just using the site meetups.com or meetup.com. We basically had the community organize meetups around the world, um, around just the the fact that they're using SoundCloud, and just it was basically completely self-organizing, zero budget, and we had something like. I don't know, 70 different uh, meetups around the world in, in major cities and like 2,000 people or something engaged in it. So quite a lot of activity. I mean this is of course after we have a serious user base and so on, but in, in a sort of a small, on a smaller scale you can do the same thing you know in your city and organize it yourself and stuff like that. Just to get users to actually, to actually meet you. But may- maybe you have a more specific example anybody you know from a certain industry or vertical or you know where you're trying to achieve this thing another another um, another thing that's of course extremely important is that this, the service is sort of viral and also usable um, you know without the network so I mean today you have sort of the benefit I'm speaking by the way very much from the perspective of building a you know a social Web startup—that's that's me being very opinionated and sort of geared into on, on that gear—versus um, you know there's a ton of different things you can do, obviously. But but this is from from my perspective, today is slightly different than three four years ago because you have Facebook. Essentially, you have this layer, the social layer on the web, where you can bootstrap these things much more easily than you know a couple of years back because people have their social graphs on there. So basically, in the meantime, they just expect that they can you know with a few simple clicks, sort of transport that graph on and then start from there right away. So, so in that sense, the only thing you need is that the people really love your product and they love to talk about it. So basically talk about it to the next, the next person.
0: And lolcats. You need lolcats as well.
1: Okay, so maybe so on the 404 page, for example. You, can you need lolcats. Okay, uh, lol. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so I mean, yeah, a little bit of humor and actually bringing a voice into the product that you feel that you own yourself. So basically, writing copy yourself uh, on the site in such a way that you basically speak from your heart. That, that is, like, extremely important just to, to make that connection to, to the first user. People, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's really not about technology. To make these companies, but of course you need to be savvy. You need to program bit, do all of these things. But and I mean, I am very much a technological person. But in the end, it's about those fine little things that make people talk about it, make people, you know, pass on the invite to the next to the next person. So I mean, yeah. I guess that's okay. time up, Mister. Uh, Four minutes. Confused.
0: Next to, on He's to the next rambling. one. Okay. So, but, um, Okay, so um, oh yes, sorry. Okay, I'm gonna pick the next topic for you, sir. Right. So summarizing it a little bit, like trying to, let's see, the first users, is you try and get with people that you know, people that you are related to, and then um, you get you get them on board, and then think really about how do, how do the, the how do the viral mechanisms of the site actually work. So every one of us knows a couple of different people. We can pull those in. In theory, the site should be taking off from that,
1: right? Yeah, um, and I'm just going to find a the theme for our next topic. Uh, okay. Which is, well, where is that? Oh, um, I think another good thing is to,
0: to, to, to dare to try weird stuff.
1: Yeah, um, uh, but where is, where is actually the, the, the soundtrack? Okay, I have it. Okay, uh, so, the next topic for you, Alex, is okay. what are the three key takeaways learned from the recent funding round? Funding, fuck, big cash, That's big money.
0: You're up against the evil empire. Really You're fucking serious. serious. This rebel startup cash. The you the need to empire. survive. Okay. Um. Alright, listen. Uh. Sorry. Um. The three three key takeaways. Okay. Um. I think I think the the, the first one the first
1: one that comes to mind, which is probably. Probably the most Maybe important tell a little one. bit about the background. What actually, how, well, um, good point. not how much because we're not public about that. But it That's was a true. big round. So.
0: Um, so we did. We've done two. We, we did some angel funding originally, and then we've done two rounds of institutional money or two rounds of VC money. And the first one was with uh, Dotty Hansen Tech Ventures in April of 2009. Um, and then we raised two and a half million euros. And then in October last year we closed the B round with uh, Fred Wilson from Union Square and Mike Volpe from Index Ventures. Um, so that's kind of what we've done in terms of of, of, of funding. Um, I think what's, and it's actually it's quite interesting because doing, um, doing a round in early 2009 versus doing a round sort of um, the end of last year was very, very, very different, uh, different climates around us, so you got to see kind of like how, how the BC works, or how the BC world works differently at different times. Uh, so you can probably, probably um, extract something from that as well. But I think one thing which, looking at what we did in the first round versus the second round that had a really big impact was, in the first round we try to keep the slides like very, um, you know, when you go out raising money, you have a deck of slides that you go and show people and talk about it again and again and again and again. Um, and in the first round, we try to make, we, we tried to really explain everything that SoundCloud was about. Like we tried to really, you know, make sure that if you have a meeting with somebody in 40 minutes, we really get everything across and that they really understand everything about what we're doing, how it works, how all the little details of, of, of everything works. Um, and that's a massive, massive mistake. Um, you don't want to explain everything that you're doing. Um, it gets, it gets. you have to think about sort of the perspective from the VC who meets, you know, people all day long. Everybody has the project that they live in and know everything about, and they have to kind of understand what you're doing in like 40 minutes, or maybe in some cases in like 10 minutes. So, what you really want to do is like, don't put any fucking details in there at all, because if you do that people are gonna, they're gonna start thinking about the details and they will be talking about the details rather than the large picture instead. So what we did very differently in, in, in the B round, which I would really recommend for anybody, is, you know, we did six slides. That was it. The whole, the whole thing was six slides. Um, six slides! Six slides. Actually, there's a, there's a little caveat to that. There was 50 backup slides. But, um, <laughs> But there's a big difference between having like, you know, 30 slides up front and having 6 slides up front and 50 backup slides. So what we do is like, we started off with 6 slides, which honestly was because I had to make the slides on a Sunday night because I was going to meet somebody on Monday morning and that was all, there was only time to do 6 slides. But, thank God that that happened because if you only have 6 slides, you're only talking about the big picture, you're not going into any, any details about things, you're only talking about, you know, what what are we actually doing in a very simple way, where is this heading, and what's the big sort of idea for this. Um, If you have just those six slides, it's much simpler to tell a story to somebody, to get them to actually feel what it is that you're doing. And I think that there's there's generally two different kinds of businesses that people can invest in. They can either invest in something where you throw up a hardcore financial model and say, look how great all of these numbers are, we're going to end up here, and you should invest because we can mathematically calculate that this is going to be excellent. That's one, one type of company. The other type of company is where you're really pitching a story or an idea. Like, this is what we believe is going to happen in the world. Like, we can't build a model that is going to prove it because it's, this is new grounds and people don't really know how this part of the world works yet. But um, we believe that this is what's going to happen. Uh,
1: we yeah. have to stop, unfortunately, oh. the time is over. Yeah. Oh, so that was the um, one thing. I'd love to hear more, to be honest. This was okay, yes. Oh, so this one, yeah, let's see if I got
0: the feed. Oh, okay, Just cool. one question, what for font size you used on the 6th slide? Font size, uh, 10. No, I'm kidding, you used like, <laughs> packing, like 40, 50 or something like that. Put as little info in there as possible. If you've had any traction, like before, one slide with a couple of key metrics that you're really proud of, but then no details whatsoever. Everything else
1: is story and coming from you. Yeah. And I mean, at, at the second round, we had the, the soundtrack of the VC round, was, and the VCs running around, chasing each other, chasing, chasing you and me, was something like this. No? This. Which one was it? This! Yeah, that's what it felt like
0: because we were going back and forth for so like Europe, and then uh, was Berlin, London, going over to San Francisco, then spending fourteen hours in New York, then going back to Berlin, calling somebody saying, "Hey,
1: you're out" because these guys are moving faster,
0: and then those and guys then are like, yeah, trying yeah, we'll to sleep,
1: move and then they're calling you in the middle of the night because they're in the wrong time zone, so thinking that you're still in San Francisco or something.
0: Yeah, okay. that that's a big problem. So, um, wait, I had another there was, there was oh, another one here
1: that I really was, like. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh wait! What about pick, this? I shouldn't pick my own things. That's too easy.
0: Oh well, this this is this is it. So I'm I'm going to ask you two different two questions actually. Um, I'm going to take one question here and then I'm going to modify it a little bit. Um, okay. So, what's um,
1: and if somebody doesn't agree with that, then just tweet us. And by the way, tweet away because I think we're on. Or well, there are a few questions, but please tweet more. Okay. So. Uh, what was the worst feature idea ever? It's the first thing that just came to my mind right away was selling music. And the interesting thing about that is that. Oh,
0: then you can talk about that for four minutes. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, I think it's good because it's, it, it's, it, it tells a story about focus and sticking to that focus no matter what people are saying. Uh, the, it, there were so many times that when, when, I don't know, we were talking or somebody else was talking or I was talking to an artist and they were like, but, but, but if I only could, if I can only put a buy button there and I, I can just sidestep my whole distribution or I can just, you know, it's like a do-it-yourself selling thing. Like that is the future. People are going to download from there. iTunes. No, no, I don't want iTunes. I want no DRM. I want just SoundCloud. Direct downloading. Super nice user experience. Blah, blah, blah. All those things. And you get on the train in kind of the leading up. Down that path, and you keep forgetting about all the details that you're going to have to figure out for that. The legal situation around selling music—it's incredibly complex. Accounting systems, all of those. Very little
0: of these coins, the Super Mario coins, in it as well. Sorry.
1: Okay, go on. I have no idea what that means. That's the sound yes. from the
0: coins in Super Mario, the little money thing. Oh, right.
1: When you, when you, when you get revenue when right get away. Because that's another attraction of it, right? You get revenue right away. You basically get, you know, you, you connect consumers and they want obviously to have this music. So obviously that's a nice revenue channel. The thing is, if you look into that business, the more you look at it, it gets really fucking ugly. And we don't want to be there with SoundCloud. And today, to this day, we get that feature request every day. I think we get that feature request pretty much every day. I get that in my mailbox like every second week. And people I talk to, musicians I know, they're like, yeah, but if you can only sell, you could only just put one little buy button in there. Um, and it's, it, it sounds so easy. And it's, you know, it's a complementary thing that you kind of want to build into your product. But the beauty is to be able to actually just stick to one simple thing. Like in our case, sharing audio on the web. Which is, it's also, it sounds so simple to do that. But but to do it right, and to get all of those little details right, it takes a tremendous amount of focus. We have a team of 25 engineers in the meantime. And we could have, you know, I I, I wish we had three times the amount of engineers uh, working on these things. And in the meantime, 70% of our workforce is, is, is only doing maintenance, bug fixing, and scaling. So, more than 70%. So in the meantime, when you try to prioritize new features, it's basically always, I mean, it's, it's a cliche thing, right? Get the biggest bang you can for the least effort possible. And it's always the same thing. We, try, we promise our users, you know, great things, but then in reality we make something that is so ridiculously simple and takes the minimum amount of their resources to actually get, get that feature out and do exactly what it needs and nothing more. In fact, the latest trend now is basically what feature can we remove? That's that's been like the latest thing. Like what what can we take away? Slice away. Slicing. Yeah. Which is really hard, of course, because you have the whole legacy of people using it. In the past, we've actually took away a few things, and what happens is, you know, um, a million like you know, you get your email boxes are full, people complain, people are really angry. Two weeks later, nobody remembers that the feature was even there. And it's the same pattern all the time. I mean now if you have four million users, it's the same as when you were one million. If you, if you try to fulfill a bigger vision, which in our case is just making the best, awesomest way of sharing audio um, you know, in any sort of way imaginable, uh, making that flexible and generalized enough, uh, and it makes sense to remove a feature, do it. Do it. Really do it. I mean, look at Facebook. They changed three, four times now in the past three years. I mean, we always look at Facebook with awe. Like, wow, they have hundreds of millions of users and they're just changing everything. And I remember my ex-girlfriend was so, she was so angry with them. She started writing an email to their support even and she was complaining about it for a week. And then now, and the thing was to introduce the newsfeed, right, and the newsfeed was such a com- controversial thing at, at the time, now everything is the newsfeed. It's just the newsfeed, newsfeed. Everything else is irrelevant. I don't know why the yeah, microphone is. Sorry, I can go on about this stuff forever, basically. Four it, minutes. It's so easy to I'm oh, sorry. It's so easy to just say, like, I was gonna build a feature, but no, don't fucking build it.
0: Okay, that's the summary, right? So actually so, okay, the ba- the worst summarizing it, the the worst the worst feature ever would have been if we would have uh, made it possible to sell music. And the reason for that is Yes, actually Yeah, that's, that's, yeah I, I agree, I agree. The reason for it is that you have to stay super, super focused. You have to like, focus on one thing and really, really stick to it. Um, one thing maybe to add is that once we got some traction around the API and we started seeing people building applications on top of our platform, that actually helped a lot because then, you know, if it's a feature that we think that it kind of makes sense for some people but we don't really want to build it, then you can, kind of ex- you can try and get somebody in the developer community excited about building that kind of app on top of it. So, somebody could build a cell tracks application. Uh, absolutely, but we don't have time for that now. Okay, we don't have time. For I, have, the a game I have a question for you. I think this okay. could be a pretty interesting
1: one. Because I, I think... Yeah, whatever. Um, what are the best ways to motivate your team and keep it motivated?
0: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it's an interesting it's a thing really like motivation two
1: times in the same sentence. So How do you motivate it? To make it motivated. Okay, so that's...
0: Actually, like, I think that's that's really like one one of the absolutely most important questions that there is for for anybody um, starting a startup. Like, the, much, much, much more important than this, like, the VC nonsense. That that's just, like, kind of distraction. Like, that's really irrelevant. What's really, really important is is the team um, and getting people excited about working together on something that's meaningful for them. Um, that's the, that's the sort of the main hidden job that you have um, in any startup. By the way, people
1: tweet, 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 away, tweet away,
0: tweet. We need more topics, more questions. Hashtag CloudShow. Um, more topics. So it's 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 really it's extremely important um, because in the end, like you know, if you look at SoundCloud now, we're forty-five people. The 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 most important thing, like you know, it's it's. It's super important, you know how the UI is and everything like that. But all of that comes from from these 45 people. So that's sort of at the heart of everything. Um, so it's you can never think about it too much. Um, and the question of like how to motivate people, I think, I think that there's again there's kind of like there's two different types of companies. Um, you have some companies where a lot of the motivation comes from from the promise of financial returns. Um, we talk about sort of high salary, big bonuses, you know, the potential of getting, doing an exit and becoming how, rich. How much,
1: how much does that matter? In, end,
0: in terms of motivation I, for one person? I think, that for, I think that for those, I don't know how it works with those type of companies. I've never been employed by, by a company like that. Um, but I think that, you know, in some cases it works, works quite well. Like if you look at um, like purely financial startups or something like that, people seem pretty motivated by it. Um, I think for us, like um, if that was never really an option. Like if that, like money isn't really a good motivator. Like you know, even if um, if I win the lottery today and I have a uh, hundred gazillion bazillions, like I'm still gonna wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, so what am I actually interested in? What what do I what do I like? What do I want to spend my time doing? So um, so for for us at least, that's not really a a, a motivation factor, and I I think that. If you wanna, so the second type of company is something where people get motivated, motivated not by the idea of money or compensation, but actually motivated by the by the the belief that you can actually accomplish something, that you have an idea. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Use the force, Um, where everybody believes that they can use the force to actually make uh, make the star uh, the star system a safer place. no, but it, 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 it it's kind of this thing, like where if you if you if you believe that you're actually doing something that has that has meaning to it, uh, you believe that you're really building something which can have, you know, an impact on the world, or you know, the old phrase of making a dent in the universe. Like, if if um, if you have if you have that belief, then then that's much stronger than any kind of financial compensation, and that's what drives everything. So. You need to, um, I think, as a founder, you need to try and really, really um, believe in something yourself. You have to believe in a in a in a bigger idea of, of what you're doing, and you have to spend time looking at not just, you know, what is it that we want to do right now, but looking at, you know, if we would accomplish everything that we want to, what's going to be the impact of that? Like in the world as a whole, like what's actually the what's the, what's the meaning of doing this? And once you kind of figured that out. You need to try and be able to explain that to the people you work with. Um, so when you're doing hiring, you're, when you're bringing people on, you talk about you know what is what is it that you actually hope to accomplish in the world, and then some people will with some people that will resonate, and with some people it won't. But you really want so to bring on the done. So yeah, unfortunately, yeah. You, you have to wrap up. Okay. So, I mean,
1: and the way we explain that, I guess, at the end of when we do all hands meetings, for example, in the meantime, uh, let me just pull up the Twitter feed here. Um, I think the, the, the way we we talk about that now is just SoundCloud is for creators. It's that. It's really that simple. That's that gives us the whole sense of purpose. Like, who are we actually for? Who are we trying to help? If you can summarize it in one sentence, that, that's
0: actually the, by winning, by yeah, win. Yeah, simplifying it, like being clear, which is very hard. Um, so I have a really good question here. Um, so are you ready? You're gonna have four minutes sure. to answer this in the most clear way possible. Um, so, how do you recruit people in the early days, especially engineers?
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> I get nervous. Nervous laughter. Uh, uh, Wait, I got that. <laughs> okay, you got that somewhere uh, here. Go ahead. Uh, okay. No, that's not nervous. No, that's okay. just laughing at me. <laughs> um, okay. Um,
0: What's the answer? Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So yeah.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a very good answer. Well, probably not, because what I feel is we've been in a sense we've been terrible at recruiting engineers. Because it's so damn hard to find good developers, and the problem is as well that even if you find a developer, we know by now that a developer can be, you know, an average developer, you can have a developer that produces 5x the features, fixes 5x the bugs, writes bug-free code, and does you know, just generally awesome things. People are actually, as well, passionate, so have that passion about the product, even if they're writing code deep in the back end. They care all the way up to the to the user level. And and that that is such a rare trait that to, to sort of find that and find those people, even if you have people coming up to your front or actually wanting to join the company, the culture fit is probably more important than actually being able to develop. There was a great great post on was it on TechCrunch recently? Somebody was talking about um, the fact that you need attitude rather than aptitude. Yeah, system. System. yeah, that was really great just a few days ago, I haven't was actually read no, the post, it was, it was I, just read, I just read the title yeah. of the post, I haven't, it it ben Horowitz. Like it's in to, okay, ben Horowitz. okay, cool, yeah, I mean, it, so, you know, uh, anyways, recruiting talent, attracting talent, especially engineers, um, because I mean, th- this is all, you know, when they're actually standing at your front door and you know, you want to hire them and so on, That, that's, that's a whole other process as well, um, we, we, I, I think we we were good early on. I think we're still good at the, the selling sort of the dream of working at SoundCloud. Basically, this sort of thing of like, yeah, these guys do parties on rooftops and they're like hanging out in clubs in the weekends in Berlin, Berlin, Berlin. Yeah. Such a great city, like in Europe. Especially if you're from the US and everything, especially from California, where everything closes at two in the morning. People stop serving alcohol and it's like really fucking dull to go out there. And um, we keep trying to say that we're not a party company, but nobody believes us. We are. I, I mean, it's not party during the work hours. Then, sure. it's, then we're working really hard. And, uh, so, so, I mean, we have, we have a bunch of people that we recruited just based on that sort of premise that it's going to be fucking awesome to work at our company. It's going to be one of the greatest experiences. sort of the, And there was actually somebody... Who joined recently? Who said that? That, it, and it was. Uh, by the way, just a sort of cliche, basic thing: the absolute best way of recruiting people is by having people in your company refer others. Like even we if have something
0: like 70%
1: of everybody, or maybe it's not 70, but, but on the
0: engineering yeah. side. Ev- They all come through referrals. Yeah, and I think it's
1: actually been more like seventy percent throughout the whole history of the company. Even if you're only three, four people, just you know, really go through your contact list and just bring, like what we're doing these days is we just take everybody in the same room, we call every office in the world, um, and we do a one-hour concentrated session where everybody's contributing in one Excel spreadsheet. Everybody they know at any company, even if they have a great job already. We put them in that list and then we just go through systematically. I mean now we're at the bigger scale, so we're doing it in a more systematic way. But the we principle could have done is done early say, on as well, right?
0: Yeah. I mean just just yeah, like I, really I, thinking through who do you actually know?
1: Yeah, I really think just to wrap up because I'm running out of time. So this one guy who came in recently, he said I have three, four start up in quotation marks experience from the, experiences from the past. But after being here at this company, I realize what a real startup is and how the culture in a real startup works. And it, I, think, yay. I think that's, I think that's a extremely nice. important to actually have that sort of startup culture, not to be too professional about things, uh, giving a lot of responsibility, being flat. Uh, that you can do when you are relatively small and get away with being a startup. OK, sorry.
0: OK, that's four minutes. Uh, whoops. So, um, to summarize it a little bit so again like it's, it's kind of it's, it 's sort of tied in a little bit with the motivation question. You kind of like you, you when early on like you don 't really you, you don 't have much to to sort of to sell or to pitch other than the other than the idea, and then you touched on sort of just the having like a real a real startup environment whatever whatever that is, but, but just like um, so getting people. Excited about the idea early on, but when you actually built up the team making sure that there's a that there's a really solid uh,
1: culture there, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good one. Okay. Uh, a quick one, just a funny question here. Uh-huh. Did that mouse really bring SoundCloud down last week? No. That was
0: a quick answer. So <laughs> we did so we waited for three, three It was minutes? a very no.
1: weird coincidence. Very yeah. weird coincidence. What brought us down was, to talk. Yeah, was something else? But it it's cool. Uh, I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny actually. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, I'm trying to find something really so for the last, because this is actually going to be the last session, I think. Is this the Time last flies one? When, you're, when you're having fun. Okay. I think, I think we can do this one, um, which is maybe I'm going to take and motivate things.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. A little
1: bit of motivating oh, no, Not motivate, change it, modify. Yes. <laughs> <So> <laughs> how. How do you scale uh, a company, basically? So it, it was saying here, how do you scale both infrastructure and organization? Okay, that's let's it. To the formula for it. No, okay. okay.
0: Um, okay. Um. <laughs> how do you scale the companies? <laughs> it's an easy question. So uh, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think this show is gonna get picked up for like network coverage, and you know we're gonna be able to do this on CBS every week. Um, maybe. Um, um, yeah, okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Um, four, um, four minutes on how to scale things. So, um, um, let me think, like, I mean, scaling, there's a couple of-
1: are doing that all the time, I mean, with, with all the people. Yeah. Been, yeah, good,
0: yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking more on like, what, what's kind of the, what's the similarities between it? Because I think one of the key, one of the key things that we are doing, um, that we really got deep into last year is is scaling. Once you sort of you're at the point where you figured out kind of what you're doing, you have some core components of your team in place, users are starting to, to 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 get attracted to it, then you're really like okay, let's 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 ramp this ride up, let's ramp up the speed on this thing, um, and that's pretty much what we did what we did last year. Um, so I think that there's a lot of talk about scaling technology. I think I'm not going to talk so much about that because uh, I'll probably end up saying the wrong things. Um, but th- I will mention that there's, there's, there's an interesting thing around scaling technology that you don't always take or that you don't always think about in the beginning. You think about general technology scaling issues. But, the, but what happens is when you're at a certain point, there's only very few companies in the world that are operating something similar on that kind of scale, and then all of a sudden there's no blog posts about how to solve stuff, because nobody's really done it before. <laughs> Which is like, oh fuck, how do you solve this if you can't like you know, read how somebody did it? Um, so we're, we're starting to, to, to... But on the other hand, it actually gets really interesting, because you can dive into these engi- like really hardcore engineering challenges that um, haven't always been, uh, or that haven't been solved before. So.
1: Then you like level up. Yeah, you
0: level up. You level up. It's all about leveling up. Um, so you you then you get more more kind of challenging, more fun stuff to work on. But it also requires a lot more time. Like um, you know, installing an extra Ruby gem and sort of getting something up is like very simple compared to really looking at a hardcore data problem and trying to trying to solve that. Um, but apart from that, I think um, so scaling scaling is for me. It's a lot about also scaling up. Um, scaling up the company, Um, scaling up hiring, bringing more people in, and making sure that you know things, well we always had the idea that you know when we were were five people there's a certain vibe in the company, there's a certain kind of atmosphere, and what we really wanted to do was say that you know how do we kind of keep that startup feeling that you have when you're five people and have that be like the core of of the vibe when you're 50 people as well. and it's it's not not that simple, but I think we've um, we've done a pretty good job at it, um, uh, mainly through th- through sort of uh, the whole team taking on the responsibility. I think one thing there which I hope has had a, a, an impact on that is that, like quite early on, when when we were still fewer people and we were looking at really growing the whole company. Uh, we talked to, to everybody a few times and really tried to say this, that you know, we all, have, uh, we all have an idea of what we want to accomplish in the world. Like we have an idea of how big this is going to be. We're five people. We can't do that with five people. It's impossible. So we won't be able to stay at this size. To be able to get to where we want to get, we have to grow the team. We have to bring much more people in here. But on the other hand, we have a great environment where we work. Um, we don't want to change that either. We want to have both of those things. So it ends up being every single person's responsibility in the company to make sure that we bring in new people but still keep, keep the same vibe and like, you know, act as if we're like a five person startup. Um, I think that that's, like, everybody's been really awesome at that. Like you know, growing from 10 to 40, like, everybody's really kind of like an ambassador really, really helping out and, and keeping, things, um, keeping things cool. Um the, the other thing that happens on a more the practical... The other level.
1: thing we'll have to...
0: Oh really? Was that four minutes? Oh, it's over okay. No. The other thing is you need much, much more metrics and structure and you need to bring those in slowly so that everybody feels why that has to be there and feels comfortable with it.
1: Thank you, guys. Is that it?
0: Yeah, okay, cool. So, wait, no, one, one thing, one thing. One thing. Uh, so, um... We've actually we wanted to you know, do a little plug as well. Um, this is a shameless plug for our new iPhone app, uh, which is available on Android as well, um, which is really cool. You can do all kinds of cool things on it, but one cool thing is that you can record stuff. So you can capture sounds wherever you are, like we've been doing here today. So you just recorded everything on this, uh, on this device now.